Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of all of our sponsors, and we want to start by saying thank you. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to say thank you to our platinum sponsors, including Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gilman Gear, always a step ahead. And Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Julie Renner. Uh, Julie's a, a longtime uh, administrator, principal and athletic director in the state of Ohio, uh, and now she is the vice president of AMP, which is a division of uh, Final Forms. Julie, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me, Jake. Appreciate it. Well, as you and I uh, kind of joked around, we use uh, uh, your services with uh, FIAAA, and so we've corresponded for a long time. But it's great to finally, uh, uh, you know, get to meet you. Okay. Yes. In this day and age of a lot of emails and Zoom calls, yeah. That's right. Okay, we're reaching out and doing that virtual fist bump right now, okay? Yeah. So, um, as you know, uh, the life of an athletic director is very busy these days, so we're going to jump right into it. We always like to let our guests have a chance to, excuse me, our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So, Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you grew up, where you went to school and college, and, and maybe that path that uh, led to being an administrator and principal. Okay, yeah, thanks. Um, I actually grew up um, in east of Cincinnati in Batavia, Ohio, and um, I'm the youngest of seven kids, So, and I grew up um, with my parents were both educators. My dad was a school administrator. My mom was a a lot, you know, a third over 30 year teacher. So I had that background for sure. Um, and that, that love, I think I always knew that I wanted to be in education for sure. So, um, I was involved, um, in lots of school activities and obviously very supported by my parents, um, through that. And then I, um, I graduated from high school, moved on and went to the university of Kentucky, the best school in the country in Lexington, uh, Kentucky, and um, majored in education. Um, I actually did uh, middle grades education at the University of Kentucky. And then um, it was the early 90s and I wanted to make sure I got a job. So I then did special education at Northern Kentucky University, um, obviously, because it was closer to home and I could live at home and finish that up um, and then coming out of college, able to get a job right away as a special education teacher. 
And then of course, in coaching, um, uh, you know, being a young educator, you're like, yep, I'll coach whatever, I'll lead whatever organization. So um, I actually, I took a coaching job when I was still at Northern finishing up my special ed degree um, as in, you know, a school was, took a chance and gave me a varsity job, um, volleyball job right out of the gate, which I, now you look back on it, they didn't take a chance. They needed a coach. They needed a, like a live body coach to do that, which was so interesting because growing up, minus like being in youth sports, I didn't even play volleyball. I was a soccer player. So that, that's what was really interesting about it. Um, but then, you know, you, you get that love of something, you, you, you learn, you learn from others, you get involved in club, the club side of it too, learning a lot year round. Um, so I stayed as a, a head volleyball coach for quite a while in my background. It's, it's always great to hear the path that, uh, that people follow. Um, Talk about how at some point you made that transition from, you know, teacher coach into uh, over to the dark side of administration. Well, I, I, as I mentioned earlier, my father was a school administrator. Um, he was a school administrator in the days where you were in a building, you know, he was a building level principal and where they stayed in the same building. Like he was in the same building for over 20 years which is not typical anymore, but he, you know, he, he instilled those values and I saw that importance kind of like growing up in the building with him, um, seeing how all that worked and thinking, you know, I really would like to do this. And then being around and being exposed to some of those mentors in your life, people you looked up to that were really good, either building or district level administrators, just knowing that I wanted to do that. So I, um, I got my, um, you know, education administration, like my master's in education administration from Xavier University there in Cincinnati, and then just kept on going where got my principal's licensure, superintendent's licensure, um, because I really, I thought I could make an impact on teachers, like being that instructional leader, um, you know, just being a, that, that can community-based leader too, in a lot of ways where that's what building a level administration is about. You know, you mentioned mentors and in our business, um, you know, it's so important. We talk about leadership and, and mentoring that next generation. Uh, obviously, you know, your dad and your parents were, were probably, you know, part of your mentoring team, but I'm always curious, uh, you know, who are some of the other mentors that uh, have had an influence on you? The expression I like to use is, I still hear their voices in my head uh, when I'm talking to coaches or kids or, or parents. So whose voices do you still hear? Um, I hear some coaches' voices for sure. Um, you know, I had a, a coach that at back in the 80s where um, her name was Val Davis, who, again, she coached all three seasons. You know, she was coaching volleyball, basketball, and then softball, where, again, you don't see that very often anymore at all. But, you know, you, you ended up spending a lot of time together. I mean, you went from a field back into the gym, back out to a field, and she was always there. And then um, my junior year, the high school I went to um, hired a female athletic director in the 80s, which was very, you know, unusual. 
and she did an extremely good job. She was very organized. Her name was um, Mayor at the time, Mary Tibergen, Mary Johnson now. And she, you know, was extremely organized, but she also, she used to be, she was in the classroom as a teacher and you saw how great of a teacher she was and a coach. And then she moved those skills over to an athletic director's role. And she, you know, I'll never forget, you know, watching her. And then she empowered us as students too, to get involved with leadership roles. And she would put us to work. You know, she would hire us to, if you were a, a soccer player, you work the gate at the volleyball game or vice versa, whatever. And she, you know, she was like, hey, you need a little part-time job, great. So you were already doing little jobs for her, seeing how an athletic department ran. That was very, uh, you know, those are things I will never forget. And then, and then took in, you know, you're seeing them as role models for teachers, coaches, administrators, and then you just carry that into your roles and, and responsibilities in, in your real, in your life, for sure. So those were two people that really stood out to me. You know, I, I can see those uh, same jobs like they were yesterday. You know, our, our coaches did the same thing, uh, you know, keeping the gate, running the scoreboard, uh, you know, all those types of game day duties that, you know, nobody ever, you know, pays attention to until somebody's not there and it blows up. So uh, I, I think getting students involved in those is just so important. Um, I wanna get to um, you know, your current job, but before we do, okay, uh, you, know, you had a, a, a quite a career, quite a successful career in athletic administration. So looking back at your school and your program, what were some things that um, you felt that your coaches or your teams really did a great job with? Uh, or maybe what was the program that uh, you, know, you initiated that you're particularly proud of? You know, I remember um, for the longest time, I, I thought, why well, early on in my administrative career, I went for a job as an athletic administrator and I didn't get it. And then that sent me in a different direction. And I was afforded a job as a building level administrator, a school principal. But it always like was in my gut, like I really want the opportunity to do a job like this in a school system. And I think because you're, you get so much energy from students and student athletes and all the different personalities that come with that. Um, and then the coaches, you know, the personalities that come from the coaches, from the type A personalities to unorganized and have no idea what's going on with the admin part of it. But boy, they, you put them on a field and they're really great coaches, right? So something though that too, in, in this day and age of athletic administration is you know, it's, it's that whole athlete, you know, how do you help the whole athlete and how do you help your coaches um, gear in that direction? And, you know, having a good weight program, a good strength and conditioning program is huge. Um, you know, I was at um, Loveland City Schools, which is a suburb of Cincinnati, and it was very, very supportive community. It had a great booster organization. And they, right when I was getting there, they had just finished up a brand new state-of-the-art weight, weight room. And so then putting into place a program of strength and conditioning, getting the right people in there 
to support the athletes. Um, because as we all say, you know, like, for example, basketball season, you're, you're not, you're not going to have a successful season or win games November to March, you know, you're doing it March to October, right? So, you know, just really giving, um, putting some groundwork in there for your student athletes and your coaches. Um, and not everybody, you know, some of our listeners could say, well, you know, we don't have state-of-the-art weight room. We don't have those luxuries. And again, you, you can still, though, if you give your coaches the avenues to know, like those professional development avenues, because you don't have to have state-of-the-art. You just have to have support. You have to have knowledge. You have to have the education behind it. And it's not even just the strength conditioning part, but it's that mental part of the game for your student athletes and really putting into play some good resources for your coaches to bring that part to the game. Um, I got really lucky, really lucky at Loveland because I was surrounded by really good coaches. Um, a lot of coaches, you know, the goal was to have coaches that were doing really great things in a classroom all day long and then transferring that to a field or a court or a mat. Um, you know, and I also, you know, in my time at Loveland, we captured three state titles in, in that five-year tenure, but that had, you know, that wasn't about me. It was about those student athletes and about those coaches that were putting the right mindset into play and the right skills into play. And they were building much more than just the X's and O's on a court or a field, but they were building like programs. You know, I watched, I watched, you know, I had a, I worked with a wrestling coach, Chris Schweitzer, who, I mean, that man was at school in that wrestling room on those mats. It seemed like 24 seven, but he, he made a conscious effort of, Hey, I need to build a youth program and I need to, so he oversaw that youth program. Now he had people helping him, but man, he, he put a lot of time and effort to doing it from when they were, you know, coming as in as first graders all the way up through 12th grade. And those, those young men and women that were in that wrestling program, they knew him from the get-go because he was always around, um, really believing in what it took to build a program, which is a lot of that is what building a youth program. Um, you know, a, a, a women's soccer coach, Todd Kelly, who it was more about, um, you know, again, the X's and O's. You know, I always told Todd, I said, it, it says a lot to your program when you have all of these young women that come back and then want to coach with you. You know, he always had at least two, two young women that came back and coached with him on his staff somewhere either, you know, at the freshman level or the, or, you know, JVB, JVA, or as varsity assistants. Um, and they, and they would say, you know, he, he's got a system here and it works, um, you know, and he, he was one of them that won one of those state titles too, while I was there and has some longevity and some really good, you know, just legacy behind it. Yeah, I'm so glad you shared those things. And again, uh, you know, I'm very blessed at my school. It's certainly not my doing. Uh, I try to stay out of their way a lot of times, but uh, um, we have coaches who are almost every single one of our varsity head coaches 
either teaches or works on campus. And so they're able to build those relationships uh, during the day in the dining hall, in the hallways, in the classroom. Uh, they're also, you know, our philosophy, one thing I did bring was that we're a, we have program coaches and our varsity coaches, they're in charge of JV, middle school, youth, it's their program. And so they are invested in those developmental uh, programs and, and you see the results. Uh, so it's great to hear you share those as well. All right, let's go and talk about, uh, you know, your current position. You're uh, knocking it out of the park at Loveland, you know, award-winning program. And uh, all of a sudden, maybe it wasn't all of a sudden, but uh, now you're working with uh, AMP. Uh, tell us that story. Well, actually, when you talk about programs or help, things that help your, either your department, your athletic department, your coaches, your parents, um, that was final forms for us at Loveland and, and, and really a lot of schools who are starting to use um, this platform because we see that athletics now is, there's so much paperwork that comes with it now because of regulations, liability, you know, eligibility, all of those things, right? So, you know, when I learned about final forms and I learned about it from other colleagues, you know, people, other colleagues in the OIAAA, the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association, you know, going to workshops in our conferences and learning, like, what are you all doing and how are you getting some of this time back for your coaches where they're getting inundated with the paperwork? And that was final forms because it's, it's, it's a, an easy platform to use where you're at, especially, gosh, love my secretary, Christy Ruport, who was wonderful. But, you know, when she's living in binders and stacks of papers and can't get, you know, just the day to day done, because she, she, you know, you got to make sure all those physicals are in, or you got to make sure we have EMAs on every kid. And that was final forms um, to us. Um, when we brought that on and it gave time back to the department, to the admins, to the, you know, to the coaches, especially. And then the parents are like, thank goodness, we don't have to fill these papers out year after year after year again. So just a great platform to bring for that time management piece of admin, but also knowing we were compliant, we were liable, you know, we, our eligibility was up to date and it was the safety of our athletes. You know, that's first and foremost, right? The safety of the athletes, knowing we have those physicals and all the paperwork needed to run an effective um, program, athletic program, and, um, you know, just individual sports programs too. So I got to know Clay, Macklin, Dave through them bringing it to us. And then of course they were always at our conferences or our, our, our district kind of conferences, breakout meetings. So that was great. And then, um, you know, it was, um, it was the, well, it was really the fall of um, 2017. My husband's in, um, he's in college athletics. Um, he's a, always been a baseball coach, college baseball coach. And he was offered a job at Marshall University, which is in Huntington, not, not, not near Cincinnati. And, um, you know, even though we had lived apart in our marriage before because of his job and my job, um, this time, it, you know, it, it couldn't happen. So, you know, I called up Clay and Dave and said, do you have a job for me? Because I believe in final forms. I believe in the product. 
Um, I know what it can do for not just athletic departments, but, be, but even whole school because of the academic side of it. And, um, you know, I was able to, they, they were gracious enough to give me a position. And um, now I'm going into my third year with them. So it's, it's been great. And still being able to be connected with schools and athletic departments. And now my part of Final Forms, which is AMP, the other platform with, which is association management platform that helps state associations, state athletic uh, directors associations or superintendent associations. So that's my side of what I, I work with those associations and stay connected um, at the state and national level. Well, that's uh, the AMP is kind of how you and I got connected. Uh, you know, this year, uh, 2020, 21, it's, it's my turn uh, to be the president of our state association. And um, you all have just been fantastic about, you know, getting out um, information to RADs across the state, you know, quickly. Um, and it, it's just so efficient. I know you're also, uh, you help with um, our state association's uh, state conference uh, every year, the registration. So uh, assuming, you know, most of our listeners are uh, uh, athletic directors, just give, um, you gave a couple of broad brushstrokes about final forms, uh, you know, take a couple of minutes and explain some of the things that they can do specifically uh, that, you know, would really uh, encourage them to, to follow up with a call to you guys. Right. You know, final forms, again, I, like I said, I used it as a, an athletic administrator myself, and um, it really changed the way we did business because it gives you um, you stay up on all of your paperwork for all of your student athletes because we build a platform for you, just you specifically in your school district for your department to keep track of all of your student athletes, physicals, all of the paperwork, EMAs down to all the state forms, and we can customize forms for your district, your department, or even by teams so that your coaches can stay organized, um, you know, your department stays organized, and then you as all the way to your, whether it's the Ohio High School Athletic Association or your Florida High School Athletic Association, you, keep, you can um, co correspond with all your eligibilities. So that part of it is just seamless because then you know you have all of your liability up to date you're and you're going to keep your student athletes safe. As well, we have a COVID piece now for you know, coaches to be able to keep, um, the, you know, they can keep attendance every day and we already have the attendance piece, but they can keep the students um, that extra umbrella of safety for what every athletic director is dealing with with COVID and keeping up on all of your protocols. Um, parents really like the Final Forms platform because they too have their own account where they can keep track of whether they have one child or you know five to you know however many kids they have in their their household, they're keeping up on paperwork too, and they have 24/7 access to their account. So when an email changes, a cell phone number changes, the the emergency contact changes, who can pick up a child from school, whatever. They can update that 24 seven, and, but they don't have to refill out a whole form again to do that. They can just update that field. 
And then that's real time always. So then the school district knows, the, the athletic department knows, the, the main school office knows, what have you. Um, and like I was saying, we, we, you know, we started off, final forms started off in serving athlete, you know, athletic departments, but now have ventured into and um, really embraced the, the academic side. So doing as we call whole school. So being able to serve a whole school from pre-K all the way to 12th grade with all school forms, state level, all the way down to, um, you know, even customizing for teachers, doing, doing field trips, doing bus, you know, knowing who you're on bus, what, who's on what bus, you know, there's just a variety, doing all the clubs now too, which is nice. Um, so it's not just athletic teams, it's the whole picture of your school building. Um, and, and again, it's all about not chasing papers, not living in binders, but it's there at your fingertips. Um, and, you know, everything, again, is real time. It's live. So when you, you know, you pull it up on your phone or your device and, you know, God forbid a, a student goes down or you can't locate somebody on a, a field trip or what have you, you can pull that, that form up on, the, on that child and, you know, call a number, call a parent, call the next person on the contact list and keep going. And everything is right there at your fingertips to be able to keep those students safe. Yeah, I really appreciate you sharing all that. And before we move on to our next uh, topic, uh, how's the best way for someone to get in touch with you or with Final Forms if they want more information? Well, you can always go to finalforms.com. Um, you can request a demo at any time. Um, or, you know, our um, VP of sales is Dave Baker at Dave, Dave at finalforms.com. And he will definitely take care of you and getting you a demo, sharing the product. And then, of course, um, our CEO, Clay Burnett, Clay at finalforms.com. Um, Clay will talk with you or get you in touch, um, depending on the state, um, the salesperson that is in charge in, this, in, your, in your current state. Um, you know, as always, we hope that our state conferences, like um, in Florida or what have you, that through COVID, we get back to um, gathering at state conferences because we um, typically are in attendance at most state conferences across the country too to then be able to do face-to-face -face with um, athletic directors that are interested. But you know, with, with COVID, we have mastered the Zoom call. So anything can be done through Zoom at any time. Um, so people have a connection to who they're talking about to be able to ask really good questions and inquire about our product for sure, how it can benefit their athletic department. Yeah, again, appreciate you sharing all that. You, know, you brought up COVID and um, We've been asking our athletic directors on the podcast, um, you know, what's happening in their state. And you're the first, uh, you know, West Virginia uh, athletic person we've we've spoken with. And I know you obviously you're not out of school, but if you can, uh, you know, maybe share what's happening in West Virginia as far as return to school as well as return to play, if you can. Yeah, West Virginia set up um, something where they everything by county is on a color-coded system, whether you're at a red, an orange, or a green. 
So they go week to week, whether they're letting their schools in their counties play and or participate based on the up, either the uptick or the downtick of cases and the color coding they give in, in their county of, 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 of being able to play. Um, most, a lot of the schools in West Virginia too are on cohort, they're doing like the modified type of education where it's like cohorts, you have the A days, the B days, your, your off days or when you are online being educated. Um, and then a lot of them is right in the middle of like on Wednesday it, where everybody's online because they're cleaning, you know, they're, they're, they're taking the opportunity to clean the schools so they don't have any students in the building on those days. So um, at, in, in West Virginia, it's very fluid right now. So it, it all depends on, you know, participation. And they will also shut a school building down um, for up to 10 to 14 days because of outbreaks, um, students and or staff members testing positive, and then they will put everybody online if, if it's needed to keep uh, people safe and how they're going to, you know, really educate students properly on safety through the COVID. Yeah, that, that's an interesting uh, approach. Can you share, I mean, again, I know you're not an AD in a school right now, but um, are more schools, would you say, um, you know, having, um, you know, let's say a regular sports season, you know, football, volleyball, or is it just uh, hit or miss? No, there are all of, almost all of them in the state are trying to have a season. Now, whether they get to from week to week is always the question about how fluid it is and what color the, the, the you know, wherever they lie, wherever their building is in whatever county, you know what, if it's, if it's a red, if the uptick is high for the week and the governor's office or, and the board of health has said, okay, they're, you're a red county now, um, about all they'll let you do. Sometimes they won't let you do anything. They might let the team continue to train, um, do training, but that th they won't let you play. So that's, that's just what I mean by fluid of how, how they're going about it. But they're all trying to have a season. Um, they are. And then, you know, just being so involved with AMP um, and I work with 20 different state associations now, athletic directors associations in 20 different states. And it's, it's amazing the different from state to state to state of how, how people are handling seasons and who's getting a season now or who got pushed back to looking at it maybe to start in January to, you know, even talking to Illinois the other day of, you know, they're talking about putting some stuff perhaps even in the summer months in June and July, just to, for the kids to be able to get a season, but they're just not doing it right now. And they might have to push some stuff to the, to the summer, which was a very interesting, like that was the first I had heard um, actually looking at doing something in June and July, perhaps. Yeah, uh, that's what we've seen, just a variety of responses across the country. And I think for me, the, the most interesting ones, and uh, I, I would say probably the most frustrating ones, is where you'll have two states, you know, adjacent to each other, you know, similar size, similar demographics, and, and just complete opposite approaches. You know, one state is shut down completely, and the other one is going full boat. Uh, and just imagine what those ADs and parents and kids are thinking about in that one state. So, 
Mm-hmm. Well, Julie, this has just been wonderful to uh, to get to know you, to get to see you uh, finally, uh, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. And uh, you can probably approach this from two different perspectives now. As a longtime AD at a successful program, as well as uh, for uh, what you provide with AMP and Final Forms, um, here's your task. Uh, you're going to be sending out a brand new athletic director on their very first job. But I'm only going to let you put three items in their toolbox. What three things are going to go in Julie Renner's athletic director toolbox? Yeah, that's, you know, I saw that, like, you had a list of questions. That was so interesting. I was so intrigued by that. I, it kind of did my homework on it because I thought through that a lot. Um, you know, just, gosh, what what do you, because so many times you, do, you don't know, like you, I, I, I really need to express, when I was a building level principal and I, I kept thinking, you know, I, re, I really want to be able to do the athletic director's job in a school system too. And I thought administration was administration. I kept saying that to myself, right? Administration's administration. I can be a building level principal and go right over and be an athletic director, not a problem, and do use the same skills. And I learned really quick that is not true. Um, first of all, an athletic director is everybody, typically besides a high school principal, uh, an athletic director works the most hours in a school district by far. An athletic director, typically almost everybody in a school district in a community knows that athletic director too. And they always, somebody can always find an athletic director. Like you, you're never, you're never like in a bubble by any stretch because if somebody wants to get to you, they can get, they know they can get to you at 7 p.m. on a Tuesday night on the side of a soccer field or something. You know, they know they can get to you and fill your ear. So in the toolbox, you know, there's really important things. And, and really, I think an athletic director needs to get their mind around, though, they are an administrator, a building, you know, they're in that district, they're an administrator, and therefore, they, they need to have professional contacts. And, you know, per, you know, like getting involved and not just their, you know, their state level, like the OIAAA, or in your all's case, the FIAAA, but then, you know, you can even break that down in big states like Ohio or Florida, where you probably have district associations too, where it can be even, you know, closer to home, you know, get involved in those, be part of, it's your professional responsibility to get involved with that. Because there are so many people that have been there, done that, you can lean on them, um, you know, like I didn't know any better. I walked into a football state championship season. That was my very first fall as a, as a, an athletic director. I walked into like getting a football team to the state in a state title. Nobody tells you how to do that. Oh my gosh. Like, I mean, that's the year I always tell everybody, I didn't put up a Christmas tree that year. Cause you know, you're working 14, 15 hour days. And it was the first state team state title that school had ever seen too. So of course, everybody, like the community's a buzz. They're so excited. Everybody wants to give you your opinion, talk to you, right? I would have been dead in the water without athletic directors that I could lean on that had been there. You know, athletic directors in my own conference, 
and and I'll never forget an athletic director in the very, in the same conference Loveland was in, you know, she, she gave me a binder because they they were they did a football run, you know, like seven years earlier, two you know, two years in a row. She gave me a binder and she said, "These are the kind of things I did for, that I had to do from week to week. Every time we won a game, you know, you won you won your district, then you went to regionals, you won regional, you know, because the tasks then build, right? The farther you move, the more games you win. Man, she handed me that binder and it was the best thing ever. And then I, I started, you know, di I kept those binders and I shared those binders with other people, other athletic directors that were in the same boat because you just don't know what you don't know. You just don't know until you're thrown into it. Um, and really knowing like, the state level and then the national level getting involved like how can you get involved at the national level and what kind of things are there like those those LTIs that you can take at the national level those learning train you know like th those institutes that you can get involved with that are great professional development because they're getting taught by either current or retired um, athletic administrators that again have been there and, and some of the topics and um, you know titles of those LTIs are really important and they really you can really plug those things in so that that is really important you know those that that needs to be in your toolbox that you know what your your professional um, associations are out there for you um, the other thing is that those relationship building pieces but I call it making deposits, almost like you're doing at the bank, right? So no job is ever too big for you or too small for you or in between. So don't think that you're too big to, you know, help set up the, the, the field for a game because, oh, that's, you know, maybe that's my site manager's job or whatever, or you, you know, you're too important to answer the calls in the, in the main office because you need to step in and do that because somebody's out or whatever, you know, or that you're too important to, to sweep the floor of the, you know, the basketball court before the freshman game, because there's nobody around to do it. And the, the custodians are taking care of stuff, you know, make your deposits and step in and do jobs of all the people that are helping you do jobs and run that athletic department, you know? And here's the other thing I learned real quick, like, you know, make brownies and, and, and leave them in the head custodian's office and leave stuff for the main secretaries and leave stuff for the cafeteria workers. Because, you know, when you're living at that school, sometimes you feel like you need a cot in the back room. You know, those are the people that get, get you through. So make your deposits, know what the relationships are and that deposits are, make deposits because you'll get it back tenfold in return when you need it, if you do those things. And then the final thing is, you know, and I truly believe it's not just because I work for final forms and, um, you know, and I'm a team member, but, you know, you got to get you a, a platform and a system that helps you stay organized. Um, and like, uh, like a platform like Final Forms is, is so valuable because the day that something happens and you don't have a valid physical for a kid or you didn't do your eligibility right to get to your, you know, your, your state uh, high school association 
or you don't have an EMA on file and a kid goes down and you don't know how to get a hold of somebody, you, that is something that you never want to you, you never want to have to deal with and you never want to be in that situation because you want to know that your student athletes are always safe and protected. So get you a good system to use that helps with your liability, your compliance and your safety for all involved. I mean, even your staff members, it, you know, it, even keeping your staff members safe. Some great, great advice from a real pro. I love the part about uh, making those deposits. Um, very good. Julie Renner, thank you so much for being a guest today and uh, continued success with uh, Final Forms and AMP. Thank you so much, Jake. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Oh, this has been great. Uh, to our listeners, thanks as always for tuning in. Uh, remember, these are uh, interviews are also being posted on the FIAAA Educational Athletic Director uh, YouTube channel. Uh, thanks again for listening.